0: Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. We are both in playoff form, playoff intensity. The switch has been flipped. The Lakers beat the, mo- the most dislikable, the least likable team, maybe of my lifetime. They're up there and they're up there with like the Sacramento Kings. Can you think of something like anything more self-unaware or less self-aware than the Houston freaking Rockets complaining about officiating?:
1: James Harden in particular.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> he's calling Scott Foster arrogant. Like, which I don't like You know, I'm not going to get personal with James Harden. I don't know him. So like arrogance or whatever. But but James, your entire MVP case is predicated on your ability to flail your arms into defenders bodies and get calls for yourself. And you're going to sit here and whine
1: about like a couple calls not going your way. That's what we're doing here. Did you see him in the all-star game? He looked like so confused on in, in like a different setting where they're not really calling fouls and the defense kind of like, eh, you know, like yeah. it, it was just like record scratches every time he, he touched the ball. Um, yeah, man. No, it was, I, I was cracking up about that. I was, I was going to save that. If you had asked me what the funniest part of the night oh, was man, at the man. end, that, <laughs> that was going to be my funniest part <laughs> of the night was James Harden, James friggin' Harden yeah. complaining about a ref and you know, ref love. So, so, uh, big win tonight though, man, they really needed, really needed to like you and I were talking before we, we came on the air about, um, and you were like, you know, as, as soon as they started trying and, and giving the fans something t- to cheer about. And for me, like I, I was happy with their effort for most of the game. I thought they were, I thought it was more like shooting themselves in the foot in a lot of cases uh, before then, but I thought they generally played hard and this was the type of performance that even had they lost, I would have respected how they, like how they played the effort that they gave JaVale. That was the first time he played hard. It's just a bad matchup for him. So he couldn't play a whole lot. Kuz Ingram was amazing on the boards. You know, LeBron was, was being relentless. So they, they played hard, but at some point it's a, it's a math problem, right? Yeah. And if you lose a game like this, you're three and a half games out of the eight seed with 24 games left. And now it's, you know, now it's, two and a half games right it's just a little bit better they needed needed to win like this they've got at new orleans at memphis then home versus new orleans over the next three games there's a decent chance at a little four game winning streak and they really need that right in terms of just getting momentum going so great win tonight great comeback
0: were you wherever you were in the arena were you able to see like other nba scores as they were going on
1: yeah, yeah. I see it both on my computer and, uh, you know. In oh, yeah. For, I forgot you yeah, your yeah. computer.
0: So yeah. there were some dark times in the Irwin household. Oh, dude totally yeah you know, when the kings were up right <laughs> the lakers were I down was double the digits the lakers were down double digits the kings were up like nine or if it wasn't nine it was double digits there was i jen was like what's wrong what's wrong callie was even callie knew that you know daddy wasn't happy with stuff so she was kind of jumping up on my lap to make sure i was okay and i, I put callie outside that's how upset i was like callie i can't do this right now i'm sorry but this, This is not going well. Um, But fortunately, the way I I was in charge of the recap tonight, and so what I do in close games of of games that I have to recap is I'll write narrative-based stuff, and then I'll go back and I'll add statistical stuff later. Um, And and the Lakers fought back from 19 down. Mm -hmm. When you consider everything that the Lakers were going through heading into the season, even today, I wrote an article for Silver Screen. We aggregated – a report that was kind of nestled in Sam Amick of the Athletics' most recent article about the trade deadline and looking ahead to the rest of the season, that a an agent of a current Laker went on the record uh, anonymously but still went on the record to say that this player didn't think that the locker room was going to be able to recover from from the damage that was done over the trade deadline. Wow that was something that that was written today yeah. um, and and you know for them to come back and fight from nineteen back, get back into the game it's nice to see the Houston Rockets were in playoff form that helped uh the, the <laughs> Lakers a little bit there as well but but to fight back the way that they did man that that's a, that says a lot about you know what they're capable of now i don't want to do the thing that we did after the celtics game though to just say that like everything is fixed i think there are some concerns here so what we're going to do for today's show we're going to do another short first segment here i want to come back i want to talk about lebron you singled out brandon ingram i think i think ingram to me was the best player on the court uh from from start to finish uh and then you know luke's rotations especially in the second half and then we got to at some point talk about the the centers on the team <laughs> uh yeah it makes me makes me a little nervous again we're back to yeah. the same spot we were at at the beginning of the year so yeah uh we're going to take a quick second here when we come back we're going to talk about playoff lebron and, and what we thought what you what it was like for you to watch that kind
1: of up close and personal uh we'll start with that here in a second
0: So it, it looked like LeBron, in a couple moments, really tried to to reach back and 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 let her rip and and reach playoff level intensity and stuff like that. I think a couple factors were at play. One. He rarely has to do this, never has to do this, really, in the regular season. So it's kind of hard to just, like, say, okay, yeah, here I go now. And it's especially hard to do that when you're not 100%. I, he didn't look 100% to me. Did You were there. You were watching. Did, 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 were you seeing same, some of the same things I was?
1: Yeah. I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent in the next week or two. Um, but you know, if we can get 90, 95% LeBron, yeah. I think that that's, you know, that that's going to be definitely good enough. Um, he also looked to me like a guy who, as the game went on, he looked more and more, he had that great, you know, statue of Liberty dunk in the yeah. fourth quarter and he was just looking more like himself mm-hmm. uh, as the game went on where at the beginning it, he looked like, you know, he's still playing fine, but like the Lakers don't, like they can't have LeBron being just fine or, or good, right? He's, he's gotta be great for this to, to work out the way we want it to toward the end of the season. And I thought in the second half, especially, I thought he was great. I thought, I thought he was looking like that type of guy. I I think there's going to be more there. There's one element to it that's beyond his control that I, it's going to be interesting how it plays out throughout the rest of the season. But Pain is jam packed, man, and part of LeBron's yeah. brilliance throughout his career is his ability to get to the rack or create a wide open three for somebody. But what happens when when you're you not hitting those wide open? Like this, this might be the worst shooting team that LeBron's played on mm-hmm. from the outside, right? And there, and thank God for Reggie Bullock, yeah. like you said, man. Like, and he's a, he's a guy that for me, Bullock. If I had my druthers, he's playing 35-plus minutes a game for the mm-hmm. rest of the season because – and he did a great job on Harden, but also that just that ability to knock down open shots. So is LeBron going to be able to dominate – like if there's four guys in the paint, he still has to kick it out, right? I'm not going to be mad at him. Right for not forcing a contested 12 footer because there are four dudes in the paint. Like guys need to hit their damn shots. Yeah. And and so I, I thought he did a good job of creating those shots. Even if the Lakers didn't knock him down as much as I would have liked. There was a move tonight. He was on the right baseline. It
0: was, it was in the second half of the game. He was going from where I was watching the, the, the television audience was watching. He was shooting on the right basket. He was guarded by PJ Tucker and he went, baseline with one of those kind of hesitation first step moves, like a rocker move kind of thing Mm -hmm. and uh, got fouled and after he got fouled, the the camera went right to his face and it looked to me, now look, psychoanalysis whatever, I don't know the guy, so fair fair disclaimer all the time but it looked to me like he kind of, that was the moment where he kind of said, okay, that was me testing this thing, I, I still don't think he's comfortable, like even if he's fully healthy, yeah. Which I don't think he is. I don't mm. think he's I don't I don't think he's comfortable pushing his his body to see if he can go back there. And that rocker move, especially like that is just a really long first step. Yeah. And it is, and and then you know, closing that back up so that you have your feet underneath you, and then mm-hmm. exploding up to the rim from from he he shot it from behind the backboard, so that's
1: another awkward angle that he was, that right. he put himself at there. That uh, for me it was a different play, but similar observations within that. He he made a layup. Where it was in transition, and then he made that patented spin move that he makes, right, Mm -hmm. where he dribbles to the left and then spins back right. And he really does—I think it might have been Eric Gordon who was trying to, you know, wall off the ball and transition on that. And he just dusted his defender on Mm -hmm. that. He created a ton of space. But— he he lost his guy enough to where when he's right, that's a right handed layup on the right side or even a dunk yeah. off of that spin move. And he did not have the proper balance necessary on yeah. that. Like his plant foot was his left foot on that. And, then, you know, it's the left groin that he injured. And he ended up making a right handed layup on the left side of the basket. Yeah. And it's kind of like a reverse layup type thing. Yeah. But it was like that it is was a am- harder shot than it would normally be. Right. And that is a patented move for LeBron. Drive left in transition, spin move, go up for the layup. And there was just like a lack of balance and stability Mm -hmm. once he planted on that left foot that was like, oh, yeah, that's a guy that's – and it may very well be part of that that he's not comfortable with it. He's not trusting it. It's not necessarily a matter of pain or anything like that. It's just getting – being able to trust your your body again to be able to, to make that move. Yeah. And,
0: and by the way, those things, we, we talked about how, how congested the, the, the key can get. That makes it all the more awkward for somebody who's trying to trust their body. The last thing you want, like, it's just like when you sprain an ankle, the last thing you want to look down at when you, when you, when you just, when you're getting over a sprained ankle is other feet near your feet, right? <laughs> and yeah. so, like, he's kind of in these, he's in these confined spaces and it forces you to, like, contort your body in, in, in awkward angles. And, And it just doesn't look, it doesn't look as, as, as smooth, as pure as it would normally look.
1: And and that was the type of play that he injured himself on in the first place. It was that kind of, that awkward feet went out from under him type of thing. So yeah, that's a, that's a perfect analogy in terms of like turning your ankle and and seeing feet down there that he's going to have to, and it's not even a conscious thing really, right? It just, he needs to get back to the point where he doesn't even think about it and you know, I'm maybe projecting a little bit here and, and yeah. thinking what he's thinking, but that particular spin move and transition told me that he's definitely not all the way back. But I thought that his, even without being all the way back physically, his relentlessness in just. Just attack LeBron. Yeah. Just keep attacking. Keep attacking. His the defense rebounds. is going to break. Yeah. The offensive rebounds there's, and there's all sorts of ways he has a more versatile package of how he can attack a defense than maybe anybody who's ever, ever. been <laughs> ever, right? Yeah. But just in however way it manifests itself, keep attacking LeBron because everything – they went on a little run in the second quarter even. And I think LeBron was like one for five in that stretch, but he just kept going and kept going. And that it – along with creating easier opportunities, I think it activates everybody everybody else. Yeah, Yeah, man. Like it's LeBron. If you were 22 years old and 34-year-old LeBron was like going balls to the wall Mm -hmm. on every play – you're not taking any plays off. Yeah. It's
0: just it's it's part of leadership. I, I'd put it I'd put it this way wh- wh- as it as it pertains to the effect that it has on the rest of the team. Guys like Kuzma, guys like Ingram, guys like even Josh Hart, who got in there in the second half and yeah. and, and and really I thought lit a fire under everybody's ass. But but guys like that. Like this last trade deadline. That's the first time they've ever gone through that. They want to just focus on basketball. They they're just they are chomping at the bit to just to just try to to get back to focus on basketball. Just focus on winning games. And when LeBron goes out there and and plays and attacks and is relentless with that stuff, that ignites them. That says like, okay, yeah, it's 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 finally go time. It's finally it's finally it's finally here. We're back to having fun, being able to play next to the best player that i'll ever watch play basketball
1: yeah and that's something that that there's no substitute for enthusiasm there's yeah. it, it, there's really not and if basketball can be the escape from all the b be- and the, the thing is also is this town i've been saying this for years now this town is so ready to explode yeah. for the lakers like if the lakers just give la and then way beyond la right because it's every it's all around the world <laughs> the world yeah lakers are laker fans are so ready to like go on that run win eight in a row or something mm-hmm. like that you know and and they're so ready to back that that but we just need a reason we need yeah. a reason and i'm hoping that you know this go time that you're talking about that, that that's going to be it
0: yeah i i completely agree uh speaking of ingram uh we're going to talk about him look i want i want to spend a lot of time talking about ingram because yeah he played his ass off so yes uh I'll say this. I think the Reggie Bullock trade might have legitimately saved the Lakers season. This is the last <laughs> thing. <laughs> like, like, they needed somebody. It was you made the point. You made the observation. And then, you know, it was, it, the way it's kind of come to me is, like, I actually feel willing to trust somebody to knock those shots down. Like, where, where other Lakers get wide open three-pointers, I, just, I don't anticipate they're going to make it because you can't let me down if I don't have expectations. But right. with, like, Reggie Bullock, I'm actually willing to say, like, oh. That's probably going to go in. Yeah. And that's such a huge difference. And, and, you know, like you and I talked about the effect that that has on the defense, not just from, you know, the physical standpoint, but more importantly, just like (laughs) emotionally, mentally, Hey, that those three points that
1: we should have had in the bank, those are actually in the bank. That's nice. (laughs) And they're they're big for momentum too, man. Like the, when, those shots are created the fans anticipate it. like in the room you feel yeah. you feel like that swell that uh right run. yeah and, and, right and that everyone's anti- and then when they don't go in it's a oh yeah. right and and but when they do go in it's that boom. culmination right yeah that, that's exactly it but that boom moment where when it goes in and then the place explodes like those turn into points like that's how runs happen in mm-hmm. the nba especially at at home and The Lakers have had so many moments, I've felt it time and time again at Staples, where like they just got a nice defensive stop, they get out in semi-transition, get that wide open corner three, and then you feel that swell, and then... You know, fart noise, nothing right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then it's kind of swings it the other way, it right? It is, it is. It's, it it, it's
0: nice to have somebody who I can anticipate. Now, I hope I'm not jinxing them, I'm knocking on wood right now. Uh, but it's oh, nice to dude, have some, shoot, man. yeah. It's a quick release, too. Oh, yeah, it, it's oh, a yeah. naturally quick release. I I want Reggie Bullock back with the Lakers next year. I'm, I'm willing to say that right now. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick second, and when we come back, we still have Brandon Ingram, we have Luke Walton, and the center situation to talk about. So
1: plenty, <laughs> plenty to get to.
0: Let's just do the center thing really, really quickly because it's a pretty obvious point to make, and it's, I, I don't want to harp too long on the negative here. Because it's the lone negative that I think came out of that, that game tonight. Uh, JaVel Mcgee played 20 minutes. Tyson Chandler played 6 minutes. That left 22 minutes of center time. Uh, Kyle Kuzma was able to fill in some, some minutes there. Um, and then LeBron obviously played the most minutes, I think, at the 5 that he's played all season. I don't want to rely too heavily on LeBron playing at the 5, because that's asking, I think, especially while he isn't quite 100%. um, At some point, one of these guys have to step up. Now, you said, as you pointed out, JaVale McGee was out there hustling. This was one of his better games in a little while. Uh, But, you know, Muscala has to get healthy, and Chandler has to get healthy, or they need to use... Williams or something. They need to find something to get more than the 26 minutes they got tonight.
1: I think we're going to see a lot of LeBron at the five over these. They this close they might to not the have season. A yeah. Um, it, it, part of it's for that reason, too. Uh, I also think that ultimately the Lakers best lineups are. Are going to be ones that we haven't seen yet, which are going to be those small lineups where yeah. LeBron is committed to doing that. Um, I think Josh Hart is a big part of that. He had, you know, plus 22 and didn't play at all in the first half and then played the last 19 minutes of the game. Yeah. He is critical to that because he's a good rebounder and he's got mm-hmm. size and Very all that. Good, good Um But, yeah, man, like, so JaVale, I was really happy with JaVale tonight, and I've been very unhappy with JaVale lately. His effort level was there. Um mm-hmm. the reason he didn't play more than he did tonight wasn't anything he did wrong. He just does not have the tools to be able to switch the way that you need to yeah. be able to switch against Houston. And so they he would get was getting caught in these uh you know matchups with CP three and like like I am not mad at JaVale for not being able to yeah, defend cp three, right? And against a team like Houston, you can't be in a drop. I mean, you could technically pull off and punch Chris Paul like I'd be fine with that, but <laughs> I like how that's the note that you stuck on. You're like, yeah, let's go down this road um, against a team like Houston. The Lakers tried to uh, hedge and recover uh, on the on the perimeter and they tried some drop coverages as well on, on a uh, pick and roll coverages. And that's when you saw a lot of, a lot of that, like Capello rolling to the basket for mm-hmm. a dunk or skip passes for open threes and whatnot. Lakers switched that to switching in, in the second half and just JaVel couldn't hang with that. Yeah. Tyson is looking decrepit or more, more washed man. Yeah, yeah. Like the games where he has a good game and has his legs. Um, he back cut, On a switch, he slipped a screen off of League Stagger and he caught it. And like young Tyson Chandler, or even like not really old Tyson Chandler, yams on everyone right there. Mm -hmm. And he passed it out and it ended up being a a turnover. turnover. Yeah. And and so I, I don't have much in the way of hopes for. Tyson, um, you know, obviously Zubots is in the back of our head, right? <laughs> uh, I I don't have much in the way of hopes for, for Muscala from a defensive standpoint. Like, yeah. they need the shooting, but if they need to, if they need Muscala's shooting, they may as well just go small with LeBron at the five yeah. anyway, and so that you don't lose as much. Um, As you do there. So I I don't know, man, do you see a a path to getting more out of that position? To me, it's like an is what it is situation. And LeBron's got to play more at the five. You
0: got to hope. I mean, you have we're recording this. This will release on on the 22nd. So you got to hope before March 1st that somebody becomes available. Mm, You know, I I, I think uh, now, look, the Lakers don't have very many options here. Right. I mean, they have one roster spot which based on how Rajan Rondo looked tonight you kind of feel like shoot maybe a point guard makes a little bit more sense there uh but then they also need this they need i i i believe you when i say that and and i agree when you say that uh lebron at the five is their best option here cuz he he quite literally is uh but but I don't know. I mean, we we've already been down this road where he's the best option is small ball five, but he wasn't willing to do that earlier in the season. So, right. so I I'm, I don't want to you know kind of go down that path again. So I, I there was a report in Eric Pincus's article of of the Bleacher Report where he said that the Lakers are are keeping an eye on DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that happened all of their issues, a lot of their issues get solved in this regard. I still would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I still would probably say they should waive Lance and bring on another point guard. Uh, but, but you know, that's just,
1: remember they they also have an open a roster spot to
0: No, right? No, 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 I'm saying so like if they did, if they, if, if DeAndre Jordan became available, you add DeAndre Jordan. Right. He's 15 um, and then cut Lance to, to free up, to, to free up that another spot once again.
1: I think Tyson Chandler is probably the likelier candidate to get cut if they bring in a guy yeah. like Deirdre Jordan, right? Like kind of a similar type of player, but much better at it. Yeah. I, that would be my guess rather than dropping Lance. But yes, that like, that would be God, if they could get D- DJ, man, like that's, yeah. he's the, he's the better version of the type of guy that they've had in that position anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, so that's the best case scenario though, you know, in talking a little bit to, to a, a few people behind the scenes, uh, I just did a little bit of digging because the Knicks have been reluctant to waive DeAndre Jordan, no. and and I was kind of like, why? <laughs> uh, but he's really close with Kevin Durant, and he's really close with Kyrie Irving, and those are the guys that they have their eyes on this upcoming off season. And DeAndre Jordan's going to help him tamper a little bit, so <laughs> uh, so I think that's kind of how that's going to go. But but yeah, I, it, it's something that they need to to, to figure out. I think. Uh, back to the positives, though, Brandon Ingram. I, look, we keep on saying this. He's had, you know, multiple best game, best games of the season to this point. I thought, so I, I kind of, sort of disagree. Or from what I was watching, that the effort, the energy wasn't quite there. Or, or maybe if it wasn't the energy, it looked like they were tight they were playing really tight and Ingram was the only one willing to go out there and and exert himself fully uh, and play a little bit more freely and and I don't think the Lakers are in this in the position to be able to have LeBron take over late if Ingram doesn't put out the 27 and 13 that he de- that he did from start to finish of the game
1: yeah that was there were, there are two games this season from Ingram that are like neck and neck for me as my favorite games of the season from him one was A a near triple-double in a win, gosh, I want to say it was against Sacramento, where he made a lot of really great decisions with the Mm -hmm. ball in his hands. And then the other one is tonight, and they're for very different reasons. I thought that game against Sacramento was a really cerebral game game from Brandon. Tonight, that was one of the toughest performances of Brandon Ingram's career, in my opinion. He was... In the first half and throughout the game, he made several plays on the defensive boards that it wasn't just like, because not all rebounds are the same, right? Some you're going to get are uncontested. Some are, they could really go one way or another. When he drops down to sandwich the ball, right? So you've got the Lakers defensive big boxing out the Houston, say, Capella, right? Mm -hmm. Ingram drops down from the perimeter to jump over the top of Capella. That is legit seven footer type of length yeah jumping for that it's like having another center in that brief moment in time to grab that rebound not higher than most centers <laughs> right with that seven three wingspan along with you know ability to jump um that is something i feel like if brandon found that to be an important uh, an important thing on a night-to-night basis he'd be one of the best rebounding wings in the game uh he's before before tonight he was like a 7.3 rebound percentage for the year like he's he's well below average so i think he's actually a key to allow the lakers to switch because of his ability to drop down and Mm -hmm. and get defensive boards so yeah tonight was a game i love from him just because i thought it was such a tough and gritty performance from him
0: yeah i i completely agree offensively he got to the line 14 times man yeah no he was attacking man that's Yeah. yeah And and you know going going eleven of fourteen in and of itself, given the way he shot he shot free throws this year, that's that's huge. But the the you talked about LeBron James relentlessness in and, and just attacking and attacking and attacking. There were multiple times tonight where uh, it, it's not that the possession called for a mid range jumper; it's that Ingram could have taken the mid range jumper. And instead of doing that, he took the extra dribble. He really fought to get his shoulder by and tried to get to the rim. And because of that, I mean, he shot. He only shot 8 of 16, which is fine, you know, 50% from the field. Uh, but those, those free throws made it a really efficient offensive yeah. night for him. And that's huge. That, that, that's what we've been wanting.
1: And it was like him understanding and attacking the weakness in in the game. If if you rewind it back to, I think the second game of the season where the Lakers played at home against the Rockets, he had like six or eight points in his first shift in like the first six minutes of the game and then didn't get another shot up until the third quarter. And then he Mm -hmm. punched Chris Paul in the face in the fourth quarter and his (laughs) night was over. I don't blame Um, him. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think many of us do, but, um, the, his there have been a lot of games for Brandon throughout his career. Well, he'll he'll have that like ten ten point first quarter, or like start out really strong and kind of like fade away. Yeah. And one of the things that I liked about his game tonight is that he continued to attack the weakness. Yeah. Houston does not have the rim protection to be able to handle him, nor do they have the size. If he gets his shoulder, as you were saying, around a Harden or an Eric Gordon, they're not big avils. To do anything about that, right? And he, him, like you said, like the relentlessness, relentlessness of LeBron, he matched that in a lot of ways tonight, and that's really tough for a team like Houston to stop.
0: Yeah, yeah. Capella isn't a big, big, and yeah. Fareed yeah. Is, is obviously even smaller, so Ingram taking advantage of that was, was great to see, and like you said, it's like it's easy, it's really easy to just kind of float off of an advantage, Right. Like you, you, you get kind of bored going to the same play, the same shot over and over and over again. It takes discipline to to continue to, to nail that hammer or hammer that
1: nail. Uh, and you, and he, you ha- you, it helps to have to be like an older brother, uh, I think, to have that mentality yeah. where you have just a younger, young enough brother to just when you play against them, you know, you dunk on them every yeah. single time. <laughs> that I think that helps to instill that.
0: Uh, see, I was I was way meaner. I used to like the, the, my younger brother. Would be like, why do you have to dunk every time? I was like, fine, I'll beat you this other way then. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, then that's where the psychological torture comes in. There's there's <laughs> different aspects to it. It's it's all the, from the same place though.
0: Yeah. Both you and I are older brothers, so. <laughs> uh, all right, you, sons of bitches too. I guess. <laughs> uh, last thing that we're going to talk about here, you wanted to talk about Luke Walton's rotations and the way that he handled things in the second half. Uh, I'll let you take this mostly. My one note was that I thought he stuck with Rondo a little too long. Bullock should have been in the game a little bit earlier to
1: to finish out. So Rondo played 12 minutes in the first half and only seven in the second half. So I thought I I was actually okay with... Every single one of those minutes (laughs) in the second half. Yeah, that's what, 420 seconds? Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, it was... And felt every one of them. Um, So... I guess it comes to this for for me with Luke's lineups. He can't have any more deep bench lineups out there. Yeah. Um, He didn't play Lance in the second half. He didn't play Tyson Chandler in the second half. He played both of them together for a six minute stretch in the first half. Right. I I feel like we're at a point in the season where the stakes are high enough to where you can't have more than one of a Lance or Chandler type of guy out there Mm -hmm. or Muscala or, or Wagner, the deep bench type guys. Once you get beyond like, guy number eight yeah. or so. Um, you can play them, but if you're playing more than one of them at the same time, you're asking. I was, uh, in, in fact, in tonight's game in the second quarter, or at the end of the first and going into the second, I uh, I looked over at Eric Pincus, who was sitting next to me, and I was like, this lineup's a really bad idea. And like a minute later, it's like a 12-point game, yep. and he was like, yeah. So you just can't do that going forward.
0: The, these games, so it's not just from the standpoint of how much you feel every game, how important every game feels right now while you're in the middle of a playoff chase, but this is some of the better basketball that some of these teams are going to play, and these a lot of these teams are ramping up for the playoffs. These teams have figured some of these things out, and so if you do go with those deeper lineup, uh those, those deeper bench lineups... You, you, you're, you're going to get punished more often than you would like earlier on in the season because th- those teams are better situated to take advantage of those, of those minutes. No, that's uh, a great point. Yeah. So yeah, I, when I saw that lineup, yeah, I, I, I didn't have Eric Pincus to, to be able to to bounce ideas off of, but it was, <laughs> it was really freaking nerve wracking to see like, you, you just can't, you can't have those guys,
1: both those guys out there. You You just can't. Yeah. And, I've actually been happy with le- what Lance has provided mm-hmm. in throughout the season. I did not have high expectations, but I, I he he's been fine. Yeah. Um, but having a guy like Bullock, what I what I really like about him is he makes Lance and KCP and Josh Hart luxuries rather than necessities yeah. in a lot of ways. And so like when those guys have good games, great, but you don't have to depend on them. But I think that's enough bodies that I think this probably pushes Lance out of the rotation going forward. So. We'll 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 see, but I think yeah. that's where this is at. Did, I, I'm trying to think
0: back to that lineup too. I'm not even sure was LeBron on the court for that one. That 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 lineup that had uh, both Stevenson and Chandler out there was LeBron out there too.
1: I no, he wasn't. That was it was Ingram, Rondo, Lance, Tyson, and was it Kuzma? Kuzma wasn't out there yet uh, in that KCP. Lineup. Then it was. I think it, it was, was KCP. KCP. yes. Yeah. yeah. He was
0: the fifth. Yeah. It, if you're gonna, so I would rather not see those lineups at all. But if you're going to have those lineups out there, you'd better have LeBron out there. Yes. You know, like it, he needs to be able to make up. He's a player and a half out there. So if you're going to have a negative player out there, he can kind of help mitigate that a little bit.
1: That that's a good point. I also don't think the lakers need to have lineups like that out there yeah, the no, for periods like they yeah. they need to like th- that's a luxury and that they don't have right now.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. Overall though, great great night for laker fans out there. The Lakers obviously win, the Kings lose, the Celtics lose, which is just the icing on yeah. the cake. <laughs> uh Charles Barkley was did you have you seen the clip of of Charles Barkley talking about Jesse? yet? No. Uh, about uh
1: don't commit crimes with write with checks. <laughs> <Just, laughs> Listen, Marka. That was gonna be my funniest moment of the night because it floored me. <laughs> he's a national treasure. He drives me crazy with his basketball takes, but he's a <laughs> moments like that. The moments back. like yeah. that, man. He was like he
0: did it wrong. Just walk through Liam Neeson's neighborhood. I was just oh my god, Chuck. <laughs> All right, (laughs) that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Lakers podcast this week of the Locked on Lakers podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure you guys get your questions in to iTunes so I can answer those for Monday's show. Um, Also, just, you know, just a regular reminder, if you have any questions that are if you want Pete involved in these too, specify that in the question and I'll I'll try to get those back to Pete. It's been a while since we've seen a Pete question, so I want to make sure we can keep those rolling as well. Um, Other than that, though, enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Nope, Monday. I'll talk to you on Monday.